1: And we're still talking about revolution.
2: Hello and welcome to the Do Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. First up on the show, we're going to be speaking with Max Costello from the Refugee Action Collective. And we're going to be speaking with him about the High Court decision to, it's a recent High Court decision actually, and on the 8th of November 2023, Stephen Gadler, the recently appointed Chief Justice of the High Court of Australia, announced that at least a majority of the judges who had just heard a case involving the Migration Act 1958 agreed that indefinite immigration was unconstitutional. So we're going to be speaking with uh, Max about this, and it's going to be a continuation of a discussion that I had with Pamela Kerr last week on the Do and Time show, in regards to the fact that the indefinite detention um, is unlawful. That it was good, it was good news, but I wanted to go a step further and talk about how it's affected uh, asylum seekers and refugees who are stateless and many, many other issues. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And then after that, we're going to be speaking with uh, Karen who is uh, the president of the Black People's Union. I want to actually get an update with him about the what's happened with the referendum, the consequences of that, and looking at deaths in custody and land rights as well. And then after that, at 4.30, we're going to be speaking with Bo Spearham about massacres, Aboriginal massacres, and he actually does a podcast about this and many other Um, First Nations um, topics as well. And speaking, first of all, we're going to be hearing from, and I wanted to welcome, Max Costello to the program. Hello, Max.
3: Good afternoon, Marissa.
2: It's so lovely to have you. So, Max, let's start and talk about where you're from, what your title is, and let's talk about what's happened with the indefinite detention becoming unlawful and some of the consequences, your article is excellent, by the way.
3: Yes, it got published in the Australian Independent uh, Media AIM network uh, yesterday, <clears throat> and uh, it it makes the point that Labor, in re, in response to the in the context of the recent High Court decision, which you you succinctly summarised, Labor in government missed four. Pro human rights opportunities, um, and I list them as four initiatives that Labor should have taken. I think it's perhaps if I could just briefly Please. run
1: yep. through
3: those. Um, and my the basic underlying point is is simple that when a citizen who's committed serious offences has completed his or her prison and, and, and been found guilty, uh, has completed his or her prison term he or she is routinely released. The number of people who are held by the court to never be released is infinitesimal. Virtually all citizens who commit serious offences and do prison time are released. So the fact that non-citizen serious offenders were about to be released as a consequence of the High Court decision is, well, so so what? Uh, everyone who's done their time should be released. Now, what I I pick out from this is four initiatives Labor could and should have taken. Initiative one was to assert that point that uh, non-citizen offenders released into the community after serving time for serious offences A, B or C pose no more of a risk to the community than citizen offenders who've done time. For offences A, B, or C, all this talk about risk to the community makes out that only non-citizen offenders are a risk. Pose a risk to the community. They're the same as citizen offenders. Initiative two was to assert correctly that the criminal justice system already has and routinely uses powers to control re- releasees who pose serious risks. I mean, for example. Um, Serious sex offenders, Uh, when they're released, uh, they are monitored. They have reporting to police requirements uh, and other stipulations. They're on a sex offenders register. Uh, And if their offending involves uh, children or domestic violence, they're prohibited from living or going near specified persons and or locations. Um, So um, the only difference here with the release of non-citizens is that instead of having a court order impose those uh, those uh, controls to protect the community, they'd be done via the visa system. Those sort of control restrictions would have been uh, via by the way of visa amendments. Um, but the government should have said, "Well, okay, that's a bit of an administrative tweak, if you like." Um, but uh, in principle, there's there's the uh, There's nothing to see here. It's just people who might pose a risk are going to be dealt with. uh, uh, That is, if their offending is is of a certain nature that needs to be uh, subject to controls, they'll they'll be released uh, uh, similarly to the citizen offenders. Now, building on those first two initiatives, I call this initiative three, um, the government should have taken the opportunity to declare... That the malevolent, decades long demonisation of refugees and people seeing, seeking asylum, which falsely implies that almost all of them are uniquely dangerous criminals, must now come to an end. And then the final initiative I suggested, and it's in, uh, I'm a member of the Refugee Action Collective Victoria, Vic, for short, and we, we put a lengthy submission to the current inquiry into Australia's human rights framework and we our recommendations two and three uh, say suggest this instead of cancelling the visas of people um, charged with uh, serious you know non-citizens charged with serious criminal offences instead of cancelling those visas which means, then they must go straight into immigration attention. That's the that's the problem. But if the visas weren't cancelled, they wouldn't. So instead of cancelling the visas, we say the government should just insert at the start of the, the whatever visa they hold the words quote provisional comma pending clarification. So with that. Change, they wouldn't become unlawful non-citizens. That's what's happening when your visa's cancelled. While you've got a visa, you're a lawful, you are a lawful non-citizen. When it's cancelled, you become an unlawful non-citizen subject to immediate uh, immigration attention. So in, by just changing the wording and keeping the visa, that would avoid making them unlawful uh, non-citizens who have to be detained. And it will also allow those non-citizens charged, charged with serious defence, their, their cases, their situation, to be managed by the criminal justice system, including via the bail and parole systems. In other words, this, those changes we, racvic suggest, if adopted, um, would transfer the management of those uh, uh, accused non-citizens from home affairs to the criminal justice
2: system. Now, so okay, so so these recommendations are, you know, are quite quite good. However, how do I say? Given that however, detention however is like, unlawful. Like,
1: Marissa,
2: go on. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to, to alert listeners, if you could explain to listeners what is it that Labour and the opposition and want to do now because they're trying to Mop up in effect, aren't they?
3: Well, yes. This is and the the program, the insiders program on Sunday was better than usual. Was they had quite a intelligent two of the the women panelists were pretty on the ball, and uh, oh. uh, David, um, what's his name, uh, Spears. He, he he's actually written he, uh, to saying that what's the problem here? Citizen offenders are released. What's the problem with releasing non-citizen offenders? Um, but what the government has done, uh, you know, bullied by uh, Dutton, is to announce uh, visa conditions such as well the sort of things I mentioned that you could be. You could be, uh, if you're a sex offender, you could be subject to those uh, restrictions I've mentioned by a visa condition. But they go further and they say that if you breach a visa condition, uh, I haven't seen the the legislation, but I presume it means the visa conditions they've just introduced, but maybe it means any visa condition. But anyway, breach those controlling visa conditions, then that is a criminal offence, that must result in five years of imprisonment. Now,
2: but that that then, doesn't happen to citizens in this country, though. <laughs> Correct.
3: Well, yes, I think I suspect that. Not well. Uh, again, I haven't seen the legislation. If it's five years, if it's a, if it's a not a maximum sentence, but a, a fixed sentence of five years, that that certainly doesn't happen to the equivalent um, citizen. Uh, I, I i would i'd be I, I would assume that if you are a child sex offender and you are found lurking near a kindergarten you would be committing an offense so
2: so sure but what I'm saying max is that um that citizens do not have to, would not have to go under the pump for that
3: well they serve
2: their time and they and they do don't
3: know what i'm talking about is citizens uh, offenders who serve their time and are released and are released Okay. And under release, yeah. Oh I see what you're saying. It's yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but the, so the conditions, I'm going on media reports, the sure. other conditions are the imposition of ankle bracelets. Um and uh you know, it seems like some of the conditions they'll impose by visa uh, you know restrictions or or constraints they'll impose by visa restrictions uh, uh impose sorry are going to be via visa conditions but but making if that if if that uh, breach of visa if those visa control conditions are breached then you automatically get a 5 year prison sentence that is going further i'm sure there are prison or fine risk um, uh, consequences for for citizen offenders who've done time and are released i'm sure there would be uh Consequences for breaching the i oh, oh, sure. conventions.
2: But I suppose, Max, one of the things that we've done on the Do and Time show over many years now is that we have always made a clear distinction and it's not a very good distinction in terms of people who have served their time and then they just serve their time. Do you, do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: well, exactly. And,
2: they, and here it's not like yeah. this because you've got non-citizens... Who, even though the High Court has stipulated, as your article says, that um, indefinite detention is unlawful, the government is now scrambling to put in legislation that's going to put in extra things. Now, I'm not suggesting that um, sex offenders are not dangerous to the community, but what I'm basically saying is that these these two classes of people are being treated differently.
3: Well, well, you're, you're right, and I'm not. I'd be very. Doubtful about how many non—sorry, how many citizen offenders are subject to having ankle bracelets, um, you know. And, and let me—there's another. We're talking. Uh, I just should mention this: that during I watched the question time last few days, and opposition spokesman Dan Tien was repeatedly in asking questions of Immigration Minister Giles, repeatedly referring to the—I think it was 84, but let's forget the number, 84 quote, hardcore criminal offenders, unquote. Now, the 84 that are released, and there might be more, are not all criminal offenders. Uh, he, he's wrong. They do. You know, it's very unfortunate Minister Giles didn't correct him on that. Um, and, and Alison, you see, Section 501, which is what gets people into immigration detention in the first place, is enormously... Uh, Wide-ranging and, and big sections of it are subject to pure admi, uh, ministerial guesstimates or opinions. And I'll just give you one. This could
2: actually, Max. I'm going to have to stop you there right because. Um, but can we <laughs> I normally don't make arrangements on air? But you know what? This is the do-in-time show. We can do it. We can do what we need to do. Um, All right. Look, you have actually given me a very concise um, summary of what's going on with legislation, but I'd really like to have you... Can we make a time for next Monday for you to come back on? Uh,
3: I'll check my diary and get check back to Check
2: your diary me. and get back to me I, I'm because we're going to be interviewing next... Um, Kieran, who is president of the Black People's Union and we're going to be talking to him about – he's a First Nations activist and we're going to be talking to him about a few things and could you check your diary and send me an email because I want to continue this discussion. So you've just heard an interview with Max Costello from the Refugee Action Collective and I've had to cut him off in the middle of it because I've got other interviews but we're going to have this fantastic activist back on next Monday – Hopefully, Max, to <laughs> continue this very important discussion because it is a current affair, isn't it?
3: Thanks, Marissa. Look forward to it. Bye. Please
2: email me soon, Max. Bye.
3: bye Thanks. Bye bye.
2: So I don't need to back announce because I've just back announced it. And I'm just gonna put on an announcement now and hopefully we'll be going to Karen Kieran, Kieran very soon. Mm-hmm. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack
3: ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people.
2: Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack.
3: We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm State Library this Sunday.
2: Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war
1: on Gaza.
3: Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter.
2: In case you've just tuned in, this is the Doin Time Show, three C R Community Radio, eight five five AM on the dial, and we're going to be crossing over now to our next interview with Kieran from the Black People's Union. Hello Kieran, welcome to the programme.
4: Hey Marissa, how are you going?
2: Lovely to have you. And you're the president, aren't you, of the Black People's Union? Yep. I'm good. Well, mostly given what's been happening in the world. But um, wondering if you could just tell us what land you're from?
4: Yeah yeah, I'm from the UN nation which is on the south coast of what is now known as New
2: South Wales. So, Karen, we're back on the Do and Time show after the referendum, after the referendum, which voted no, and we've given a lot of space for elders. And we've talked a lot about a lot of things, haven't we? We've talked about deaths in custody, which is really one of the things that I talk about a lot on this show and, and land rights. What are your views in regards to what's happening now with the referendum and where to from here?
4: Um, Look, we're glad that the referendum failed. Um, Hopefully, you know, where to now from here is we get to take that energy back to the streets. We get to have the conversations we were having before we were distracted by the referendum. Conversations about land rights and self-determination and our sovereignty as well as you know, conversations about stuff like a Royal Commission to Aboriginal Deaths in Custody and having those recommendations implemented to try and reduce the amount of First Nations people that get incarcerated in the first place as well as our death in custody rate.
2: And the deaths in custody rates are getting higher and higher, aren't they? I mean, there's been a suicide in Western Australia. We had Veronica Nelson, um, you know, the inquest in January, didn't we? Too much going on.
4: Yeah, so much going on at the moment. And, you yeah, know, it's, it's absolutely atrocious that our death rates do continue to get higher and higher, no matter, you know, what the government says that they're going to do to help us. At the end of the day, when we look at the stats, when we look at the facts, we see that they're not actually helping us. And, you know, that's part of the reason as well why we were still against the voice, because there was just another reform by the government that they, you know, portray as something that will help Our people, but at the end of the day, it doesn't help us, and our situation is even worse.
2: Moving forward, tell us. Can you tell us about a little bit about the Black People's Union and what will be happening from here?
4: Oh yeah, so the Black People's Union is a we're a bit of a mixed bag, um, a bit of a trade union, a bit of a political organisation, but you know we're just a group, a collective of First Nations people and allies who are working towards. Powering First Nations sovereignty and trying to overthrow the colonial occupation that we live under here. And, yeah, so where to from here is trying to build towards that, I suppose. Um, Part of what we're trying to do in building towards that is trying to educate the public. Um, So we run a lot of online information sessions and education classes on political theory. Um, You know, we do it all for free. It's open to the general public. Um, You know, we try to speak at a lot of different lectures and panels and rallies and just trying to get our message out there broader Australian population on board with what they're trying to do. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do will benefit non-Indigenous people here just as much as it will benefit First Nations people. Now, First Nations people aren't exclusionary, they're very inclusive people, about bettering country and bettering the people on it. They're talking about those non-Indigenous people that live here as well.
2: I know, I mean sovereign, sovereignty was never ceded and it just seems to me that one of the things that, that that I have seen over the years and in doing interviews um, with First Nations elders, activists, young people, is that it's not just about deaths in custody, but it's also about over policing as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, here's the thing, right? People look at America as this massive over police state with this big incarcerated population, but when you actually break down statistics. Australia is just as bad, if not even worse. It's just because the program has something like 10 times as big the population as we do. You know, obviously, if something happens at the same rate, it's going to happen 10 times as much over there. But when we're talking about per 1,000 people, it's just as bad here in Australia. We've got such a massive police presence, especially in First Nations communities and communities that have higher First Nations population, and they're only there to protect the interests of the colony. They're not there to help the people. They're not there to serve the people. They only serve the interests of colonial occupation and keep us oppressed and exploited and make sure that nobody in the working class steps out of line. And ultimately, that's their role. That's their main function.
2: It's, I think what I have found incredibly frustrating, um, and I speak also as a, uh, a woman from a non-English speaking background, is the way that, we always have to be assimilated. Can you talk about that yeah. from an Aboriginal perspective?
4: Yeah, oh, there's so much to talk about on that subject, I suppose. But, you know, it's, it is a massive problem and it's been something that's, you know, happened for 150-odd years now. Um, Europeans came over to here 235 years ago. When they first got here, they tried to wipe us out. When they realised that they couldn't completely wipe us out, they tried to assimilate us and they've been trying ever since. And, you know, what that looks like It's the destruction of our languages, the destruction of our culture and our cultural sites. It's about, you know, taking away our power and our sovereignty and our self-determination and our own identity so that we can be merged into this colonial system and, you know, we won't be resistant to this colonial system. We'll be happy little Australians who will play the part of little Australians and everything will be fine and dandy for the colony. And, you know, that's what it's all about. And we see the same sort of assimilation tactics used right across the world, and they're still being used today in different colonial occupations across the world. And the voice was just, you know, not to go on about that voice that much, but the voice was just another way of trying to assimilate us into this Australian constitution through a political assimilation of undermining our sovereignty and putting our sovereignty into the document that the Australian occupation relies on for their declaration of sovereignty, being the Australian constitution. Sorry, my voice is a little... I've been going around at protests last
2: year. That's okay. Talk, let's talk about the Constitution. So is, isn't there a section in there about race? Yes,
4: yeah, section uh, 51 or 52, um, part 26. It's what's commonly known as the Race Powers Act. Now, you know, this is another thing about Australia. I, I bang on a lot about Australia and how horrendous it actually is. But Australia is, the, Australia has the only federal constitution in the entire world that has a clause in in the Constitution that specifically empowers the federal government to make race-specific laws. So there's a little part in the Constitution that says the federal parliament can make race-based laws, and we're the only country that can make these racist race-based laws. And it was these exact race-based laws and that exact clause in the Constitution that allowed the federal government and John Howard to enact the Northern Territory Intervention and to send the military into remote Aboriginal communities up in the Northern Territory. And you know, the only reason they were deployed there in the first place is because these communities were resisting um, mining companies and logging companies trying to come into their community and dispossess them of their land. So you could destroy their sacred sites, do all the natural resources there. The only reason the Northern Territory Devention was implemented in the first place. me. <coughs> but yeah, we're the only country in the entire world Whose constitution has race-based powers? Like that's that's the despicable nation that Australia is. And you know, but of course it is. Like when we just look at our history, for example, when we look at Queensland's white Australia policies, and we look at South Africa's apartheid policies. You know, those apartheid policies over in South Africa were modelled on Queensland's white Australian policies. Where literally the nation that inspires apartheid around the rest of the world.
2: That's right, and that needs to be said. It needs to be said over and over again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got about a couple of minutes left of this interview before I go over to Bo um, who's going to talk about Aboriginal massacres um, in Queensland. Don't know. Do you know Uncle Jack Charles?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Uncle Jack, as you know, passed away, and yeah. He's a prime example of stolen generation and sexual abuse in homes. He's been quite open about that and then going to prison. And look, look how, how he made it. He made it as an actor and a musician.
4: Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's such an amazing, inspiring story. And there's you know, there are a lot of really great stories like that where you know, our people have really overcome so much adversity in their own personal lives to still make something of themselves and to still you know, make impact on the world around them. Yeah, it's it's a sad fact that we have to overcome such adversity in the first place, and it's something that, that we should have never have had to have done. But it, it really is inspiring to see people like that.
2: Kieran, thank you so much for coming onto the program as usual. I've really enjoyed your company and it's been great. I'd love to have you in the studio sometime and we can spend um half an hour or so having a yarn. It'd be great.
4: Yeah, definitely I've got yeah, I've quite a lot of stuff to talk about.
2: Excellent. Any final comments before we finish?
4: Um, oh, yeah, just uh, anybody who's listening, um, you know, part of what we've been doing lately with the BPU is trying to support direct action um, around what's happening in Palestine. Um, so, if anybody's got the capacity, I encourage people to get down to the dock to support the block the dock that's going on down there. I'm trying to stop arms being loaded onto ships to be sent to Israel to slaughter innocent Palestinian civilians. When's that um, happening? It's uh, a constant sit in. Um, camp happening down at the docks down at um, Port Melbourne.
2: And yeah, it, there um, something else?
4: Uh, yep. Um, there's a happening 9am to 9pm every day. There's also a sit-in at the steps of State Parliament House. Um, Encourage people to go down there as well, even if it's just for five minutes. Um, Go down, spend a bit of time, have a yarn for the people there and just engage with that struggle.
2: What time is that?
4: 9am uh, to 9pm every day. And the docks? Uh, that's 24-7.
2: And of course, you've got your your Sunday rallies as well at the state yeah, library. Yeah,
4: oh yeah, definitely, yeah, but yeah. Sunday rallies
2: at state Keep up the good work, Karen. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry, thanks. Bye bye. And that was Karen, uh, who is the president of the Black People's Union, speaking about a range of topics, including the Australian Constitution. And I'm actually going to be making a belated statement here. And it's still relevant that this radio show contains audio images of and has contained audio images of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who have died and discussion of deaths in custody.
3: The uh, logging operation, any person found within this coop is offending. Can they please leave? You're allowed no closer than the bridge down the track there. Any person that's found in the coop will be arrested and charged.
1: (laughs) I direct that you all leave now.
2: Gecko's turning 30 and we're having a party. The Goongra Environment Centre has been fighting to protect East Gippsland's forests since 1993 and we want a party with you. There'll be music, performances, food, drink, old friends and new friends. What better way to celebrate the end of native forest logging in Victoria? From December 1st to the 3rd in Goongra, East Gippsland. To find out more, go to gecko.org.au.
1: Gecko, 30 years fighting for forests. Get down to the party. Celebrate with us. A 3CR supporter.
2: And you're back with the Do and Time show. And you just heard an interview with Kieran, who is the president of the Black People's Union. And we're going to be now speaking with Bo Spiram. And excuse me if I've pronounced your name wrong, Bo. And I'll be putting Bo through to the panel in a sec. And we're going to be speaking with him about what's happening with the map of Aboriginal massacres, some of the podcasts that he's doing, and a couple of other campaigns I wanna welcome you Bo to the programme. Hello and welcome. Hey, how you going? Lovely to have you. So Bo, Good. do you do you wanna just start off telling us what land you're from and, and your full name?
0: For sure, definitely. So Yama Bo Sperum, Kuma, Kumar, Marawari. Um, born in Western Sydney, but grew up on the south side of Brisbane. Um, and do a podcast called Frontier War Stories. Um and also, you know, a we part of Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. Recently, during the whole referendum campaign, was a part of uh, an organising group up here in so-called Brisbane called Creative um, Poor Voice. It was all been active out of Musgrave Park with uh, the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy.
2: Oh, yeah. OK. Actually it's the the anniversary of Uncle Sam Watson is coming up soon in December, isn't it? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful man. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bo, um quite a lot there to digest, isn't it? Can, can you just yeah, tell us yeah. <laughs> a little bit about your podcast and talk about the Frontier Wars? Yeah, for sure, for
0: sure. So, um I've always loved history. Yeah, as a kid, I've um, always been intrigued about, um, especially our history in this country, you know, and, and Black Collar's role within, I guess, the contemporary sort of, you know, uh, um, history that uh, is only 200 years old, you know, which isn't uh, um, uh, long in terms of uh the the, the the how long black have been on this continent surviving and thriving. So you know, um I've always been interested about um the role that we played in in the survival and in and in and in combating sort of, you know, colonialism in this in this country. So, you know, looking at sort of our struggle against them has always been something that I wanted to to look at as well and, you know, um uh frontier history here, when I was growing up, wasn't as visible, you know, than, you know, uh, learning about Geronimo and, you know, Sitting Bull and, you know, like, I don't know, or not like, you know, William Wallace and, you know, like sort of all these other, you know, indigenous sort of uh, 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 heroes who fought against colonialism on their own continents. Um, in particular, you know the British, um, in different parts of the world. So, you know, like I always wanted to know about our heroes and and um, and how we survived. You know, we didn't survive because of, you know, in the beginning because of the goodwill of, you know, the British. We survived because of you know the resistance and um, you know the the resilience of of Aboriginal people on the frontier.
2: Absolutely. And who are your heroes, do you think?
0: Well that's a great that's a great question. There, there be many. That, that that's it, you know, that's a that's an amazing question that you know, uh we should be asking, you know, a lot of not just Aboriginal people but non indigenous peoples who call Australia home, um, who are, you know, the, the, the indigenous if that's what you want to use, heroes of of Australia, you know, during this, you know, during said time, you know, 1788 to around the 1930s and 40s, you know, um, um, majority of people would mostly understand and pick and, and know the explorers and you know the the, the governors and and all these other people, but like, they wouldn't necessarily think about. You know, uh, the, the First Nations warriors, like, you know, and the Mara, Endomara, Mosquitoes, you know, um, Tundaminoe, uh, Waliar and Trugginini and you know, the list goes on and on and on, you know, um, um, and, and how they survived and if they died on the frontier, why they died. You know, they, they made a conscious decision to sort of, you know, defend their law and their freedom and their community at any cost and, you know, sometimes the greatest cost, which uh, was their lives.
2: Exactly. And I want to see if I can get Lyndall Ryan back on because she talked quite a lot about the, you know, the map, the, the map, map of yes. the massacres. Do you know much about that?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I uh, had on, on the podcast to talk specifically about um, some of the work she's done in New South Wales. Uh, in regards to like Mile Creek and, uh, Waterloo Creek, like, which is on my country, but then also, and then also specifically about the map as well, you know, which, um, is a, is an important sort of resource, um, to have, you know, and, 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 and to put into context, you know, just how heavy and brutal and fast paced, you know, uh, the invasion of this country was, like, you know, it only took them 50 years, around 50 years, uh, to get to Gumbari country after the invasion. So from 1788 to, you know, um, 1839, 1838, they were already on, you know, actively hunting Gumbari people uh, to massacre them um, because they were resisting and tormenting past and farmers on Gumbari country. Um, and then also to mention, like, so over here um, in Australia, um, uh, Australia was like considered as, uh, you know, as we you know, a, a penal colony. You know, so we took the, you know, the, the convicts from England and housed them here. But what also happened around that time was other indigenous peoples in South Africa and Namibia and some other parts of the world were resisting colonialism and the invasion of their land. So their punishment was they were sent to Australia for life, for the punishment of being involved in, involved in resisting colonialism. So you know, they were sent to places like Cockatoo Island and, you know, uh, off the Isles of the shore of Tasmania and the various other prison camps. And, um, in, the, in 1952, there was an investigation into uh, how much of people dying in, the prison, in prison custody. You know, so we're not talking about, you know, 2023 and having almost 600 Aboriginal people die in custody and, 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 you know, needing justice and and an investigation into these things. But we're talking about, you know, 1852, I think it was, where they had their first formal investigation into why Aboriginal people were were dying in the system, you know, and the people uh, that they were investigating, they were gomoronging. Warriors who uh, would most likely have been brought to these prison camps from back on country uh, for fighting colonialism, you know, and 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 they were in these in these prisons for a couple of weeks and died, possibly because of their injuries, the wounds that they sustained, but then also the diet and you know the conditions of the prisons.
2: It's really bad and, and and nothing much has changed today really has it
0: no 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 nothing no like Aboriginal people are still dying in custody Aboriginal children are still being locked up at a high rate or removed from their families so you know even as even back in the day earlier sort of uh, 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 frontier days like they were stealing kids and you know locking kids up because uh, they were actively participating you know uh, in fighting against colonialism as well on their land. So you know, uh, they hunted, you know, young black kids and they arrested black kids and, you know, um they put them in chains as, as they did, you know, on on on, on adult Aboriginal people, male and female, who were, you know, I guess caught resisting, you know, and then and then wanted, you know, uh, justice for mob and same thing, they got arrested. Uh, for resisting and living and, and wanting to, you know, um, have their own rights to exist.
2: Yeah, it's um. It, look, it, it's all tied in, isn't it? I mean, I know in August there were some rallies happening with um, about Santos mm-hmm. and the CSG project, yeah, which was definitely. planned on land in the. Paliga Forest in northwest New South Wales?
0: Yep, yeah, 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 the Paliga Forest. Yeah, Paliga so. Forest.
2: And Goomerai have a registered, registered native title claim, don't they, there? Yep,
0: yeah, and have in recent times, not before recent times, because they were very fly and, 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 yeah, you yeah, know really Like, uh, we're thankful now that there's the people who sit on uh, the native title body who have been somewhat like holding um uh Santos to account. And you know, nowadays now, they are before they were, yeah, you know, they were doing backdoor sort of uh, agreements and meetings that weren't transparent to the, to, to the rest of the Bummer people, so we made it a thing to vote them out and get some uh, fresh blood or whatever else is sort gonna of be a part of that as well. About uh uh be a part of uh, the, the, the struggle to protect home. Like, uh, there have been many more people over the years uh, that have been um, fighting for country, which is awesome, but just sort of the main title body. But it's been amazing. Um, you know, like, I went to my first main title meeting a couple of years ago, and, you know, me and my family don't actively participate in that because of the trauma that that's caused you know, our mob, and one thing that we did sort of say is, look, this might be the first and last time that we do this, but, you know, we're doing this to actually say no, and, you know, that was at a native title meeting back in, I want to say, 2020 or 2021, and, you know, the majority of the room, about 96% of the people in the room voted no, so about, you know, um, I think it was two abstains and, like, three or four bloody uh, uh, vote no's. Oh, Mm -hmm. sorry, yes. To, to, to Santos, you know, and um, uh, we're thankful now that this same title body are being transparent on their decisions to, to 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 represent Mob properly, but then also say no to Santos uh, as well, which is which has been an amazing thing because, um, like I said, you know, like. We literally have to sort of chase down or you know, uh, look at photos where certain community members are, are meeting, for name's titled meetings with these mining companies and try um, and bust in there and you know, say, Hey, what's up? Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, it's definitely something that um is very close, you know, it's a home for you know, myself in regards to you know, one day wanting to, you know, live back on country and, you know, what a way to sort of, you know, uh serve country is to defend it as well and, you know, Santos is one of many mining companies, yeah. And at one point in time there were you know, like we have had up to twenty eight mining active mines on Goomba country, so you know, Santos is just sort of the flavor of the month and, you know, like they're willing and continuing to you know defend country and and fight these mining companies
2: absolutely i mean although native title is it actually a bit disempowering do you think
0: um hell yeah, of course definitely well one thing it is a yeah land rights you know and is a full self determination and isn't given Bob yeah. the opportunity to to really you know uh, access and you know, get country back and, you know, do all the things that, you know, uh, uh, we would do if we were, you know, we could have true self determination of a country and have better access to a country. Uh, but then also, you know, create our own sort of infrastructures on country that would God. provide, yeah. you know, um, jobs but then also, you know, housing and and, and employment but like uh things like being back on country, you know, like that's an aspiration to have. I don't think Native can ever do that, but you know, we had to use this means to sort of, you know, pull Santos up and we've done that on a few occasions this year and last year and uh was going to the tribunal every time the judges sided with Santos and uh, it was in the High Court earlier this year. The, the the result hasn't been handed down, so they must be still doing that. So we're waiting for that as well at the moment to understand where to next. But it's definitely you know land back or or or, or nothing. You know the mean arm um, wow. uh, uh, with these guys.
2: Absolutely, and and it's really look. I'm not saying that native title is is not useful. It is. It is. But as long yeah, as has, you have equal has, negotiations, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd like to think so, and then, you know, it, it, depending on who and what you're negotiating about, but always remembering that there is no VLA rights, and the government can step in at any time to intervene and sort of take control of the narrative and, you know, co-opt it. So it becomes something that of the, that you, you know, so like we voted no. And so the tribunal stepped in and, and put an injunction in, you know, to go to court. And the judge that we had the first time, man, he was an asshole, and, you know, very um, friendly towards Santos and, like, the vibes that, you know, um, we got uh, from, from that individual. Um, but, you know, that doesn't deter us or steer us away from our struggle and our fight and knowing... Uh, what we want
2: exactly because it's, it's not just about climate change; it's also about um, giving back country to to First Nations people.
0: Yeah, that's it. You know, like I said, it's, it's going back, or, or it just doesn't work, and it just ain't, uh, it just ain't right. You know, if 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 if, if we don't see some sort sort of return, then. You know, we're going to be upset and, you know, we'll be ready to pursue sort of other avenues. You know, that's definitely something that um, a lot of our mob, you know, I'm sure would be keen to sort of engage us as well, which, which we need. You we know, need that mob as well.
2: Exactly. I wanted really to, to to invite you onto the show to give you an opportunity to talk about that. That's really mm-hmm. important, isn't it? Because Santos, just to clarify for listeners, is a mining company, right?
0: Oh, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a mining company. Um, and the type of mining that they want to do is fracking. Um, and there's different forms of fracking. There's in conventional fracking, and there's, there's different ways they do it where they are. But one's just sort of straight down and in a straight line. Others are in an angle. Uh, but... Both of them um, use dynamite under the ground to explode and then to sort of suck the gas up. And, you know, when they do these sort of underground explosions, this is usually when um, the, the 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 waters become contaminated because, you know, it cracks the gas and, you know, cracks the earth and then, you know, there's a crack in sort of one of the waterways and the you know, gas gets in into there and we saw images of people in America lighting up their stove and gas... I'm getting not gas, but, yeah, gas comes out, you know, or flames. And, you know, uh, you see what happened in Tyre and Western Queensland a couple of years ago where somebody lit, you know, the the local creek on fire because of this huge gas field there. Um, So... You know, these these are the potential sort of um, outbreaks or kind of um, risks that we face on Goomerang Country. And to understand that, you know, where they're drilling is the Pilgrim Forest. And, you know, beneath the Pilgrim Forest is one of the greatest, largest uh, underground aquifers, if not in the world, but in in this side of the world, you know, um, the Great Apoison Basin, which, you know, connects Queensland from from Queensland, New South Wales, uh, South Australia, Northern Territory. I don't know about Victoria, but, you know, it takes up a huge, vast um, amount of country. And in, in different parts of the country, every charge center is so where the water sort of surfaces and then goes back down. I think that's how it recharges, I don't know. But, you know, there's, there's, there's certain key points Um where you know um, the waters are, you know we we're, we're connected to the mob up in, in Claremont, you know the Wang and Gunggano mob, like we're connected to them through the underground aquifers, you know. So what happens up there with the is gonna is gonna be the same result as what's happening here with Santos, you know, like. The, the the breach or the, the risk of contamination, and then I'm sure it would be the same in in SA, you know, if, if there's any mining activity there. I know there's uranium mines, I know there's, they want to dump uranium but I also know they want to frack uranium there as well. And we know what's happening up in the in the Northern Territory with uh, the Boodaloo Basin as well so, you know, I think these areas I think maybe possibly uh, the Great Ateasian Basin may take into some of that land, I don't know, um, but it's yeah, quite sad that, you know, nearly on all fronts, um, there's a the potential for huge, you know, contamination.
2: So there's been no outcome as yet?
0: No, nah, not that I'm sure of. I haven't seen anything. I'm um, sure we'd get uh, some heads up and stuff. And when we do, I'll let you know as well so we can have another yarn.
2: Yeah, that'd be great because, I mean, at this stage, like, there's no fracking there, right?
0: Um, well, they've, given, they've been given the go ahead. To to frack, not frack, but to assemble. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um Yeah. Um, Eight hundred and fifty gas wells, like that. Like they've been approved for phase one. Mm-hmm. We're just sort of stopping them in regards to where they're doing it. Uh, so at the moment, there's already one. gas. Oh wow. For your, I, don't know, I don't know. Like, there's only one of those from a previous uh, uh, sort of venture, or I think from when they were just testing it, they of capped it. You and that sort of um, yeah, anyway, sort of the they off the flames, is that they just put sort a of cap over it if they can't put it out. And then you hope, you know, like it doesn't explode. But yeah, like
2: that's right. So, can you just tell us? Um, thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's really important that people know what's going on, um, oh, yeah. and we'll have another yarn really soon. Can you just tell us about your podcast where we can get hold of those?
0: Yep, for sure. So if you pretty much just Google "Frontier War Stories," you will uh, be directed to like either the 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 one that's on Spotify, um, you can listen. Uh, sorry, say it again.
2: Uh, Sorry, just where the podcasts are.
0: Yeah, yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, or any of the streaming platforms. But if you were to Google it, you'll find it uh, on on Awesome Black, which is a First Nations podcasting site, which I do urge people to check out anyway. And they have a whole host of original podcasts uh, there that are produced by themselves and, and, and other mob as well. Uh, so there's kids' podcast, to, you know, my podcast to, like, um, you know, uh, they're called Trash Titters, like three sister girls sort of sitting down just yarning about sort of, you know... Uh,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: you know, like uh, Aussie culture and sort of just, you know... Um, yeah, making fun of it as well. But, like, that's an awesome place to go to, to listen to First Nations content. But, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, if you just Google it, you'll find it anyway. Or just check out your, whatever your favourite platform is
2: as well. I ended up being able to get access to a lot of those podcasts. I'm still listening, going through them all. It's pretty amazing. Thanks so much, Bo. And I'm hoping to have you back really soon. Thanks a lot.
0: Definitely, definitely. That's yep. all good. Thank
1: you.
2: Take care. Bye. And that was Bo Spearham speaking about uh fracking and also the interconnections with prison and deaths in custody and you know, it's frontier wars. It's it's really important to link all those things up. It's approximately four fifty four and you're listening to the Do and Time Show. And we're nearing we're actually nearing the end of our show. Thank you very much. Um, for all to all the, our guests for for coming in. thanks to Max Costello, who um, spoke about a landmark court ruling that paves the way to end the indefinite detention of asylum seekers whilst and whilst this is an important step in the right direction. He also explains why there is more work to be done for the justice and human rights of all refugees and asylum seekers that have suffered the damage, of our government's cruel and inhumane policies. And then after that, we spoke with Kieran, who is the President, First Nations President of the Black People's Union, and he spoke a lot about deaths in custody as well. I felt that it was really important to highlight a lot of things that First Nations people have suffered, and we looked a lot at general trauma um, of... Asylum seekers and refugees, as well. So, we've got about a minute left. Take care of each other. And we're going to be going out now with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella by the Rumpy Band. And stay tuned every Monday, four to five, for the Doin' Time show. Bye.
1: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour, as long as you a true fella, as long as you are real fella.